<clears throat> Thank you very much. As Elizabeth said, we're starting a new series called Encounters with Jesus. And so I'm going to be reading from John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 35 to 51. And then I'm going to focus later on on Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel. We start the account, John the Baptist has been baptizing people, including Jesus. And now, the next day, this is what happens. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what Jesus had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Well, we read of many encounters Jesus had with people and how it affected them. Here are a few. Jesus meets a leading rabbi who is baffled by the things that Jesus says to him. Jesus encounters a woman at a well and astounds her by his knowledge of her life. Jesus encounters a grieving sister who expresses her disappointment in Jesus, only to find that he raises her brother to life. Jesus encounters a senior tax collector hiding in a tree who has a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Jesus encounters a blind beggar on the road and restores his sight. Jesus encounters a grieving family with a dead 12-year-old daughter and raises her to life and then says, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Jesus encounters a Roman governor who rejects who Jesus is and sends him to be crucified. Jesus encounters a thief on a cross who recognizes who Jesus is and places all his hopes and trust in him. Now think about these things are, they're all biblical. They're all historical encounters. But what about today? Is that still a possibility today? To have an encounter with Jesus today? Or is it simply some kind of wishful thinking? A fantasy? Now obviously our experience of Jesus will not be physical. You remember that occasion perhaps 
where Thomas the disciple post-resurrection says to the other disciples, unless I touch him physically, I won't believe. Well, we can't touch Jesus physically in that sense, but Jesus says, blessed are you if you believe and you have not seen. So if you've believed but not seen, then you're blessed. Jesus told the disciples, in fact, that it was better for him to go away so that he would send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus said, he will lead you into all truth. He will show you, take what is mine and reveal it to you. He will glorify me, reveal the truth of who I am. So is it possible to have a personal experience of the reality of Jesus today? Yes, it is. And I'm going to look at Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel. Now, having read that text, I've decided and thought about it that I like Nathaniel. I like him because I see myself in him. There's something about his direct honesty I like. Nathaniel's attitude is, well, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? He displays a kind of prejudice I sometimes, if I'm honest, see in myself. Slough, can anything good come from Slough? Castlefield. Can anything good come from Castlefield? Desborough Road. Can anything good come from Desborough Road? Now, if you live in Desborough Road, Castlefield, or Slough, then I apologize. <laughs> Prejudice, though, can come in many different forms. Healings happening today. Miracles happening today. Prophecy, you mean you can hear from God and speak God's words to me. Gifts of the Spirit we can easily develop or perhaps have a sense of cynicism or distrust about these things. Nathaniel has that. But there is a solution. What is it? Philip tells Nathaniel, come and see. In other words, investigate. Find out for yourself. See beyond your own prejudices. Don't let your cynicism, your natural distrust, get in the way of discovering for yourself. This is far too important to simply bow down to your own prejudices. Come and see. You need to experience the truth for yourself. Not just as a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, I can relate to you an experience that I had about 50 years ago, my sort of first encounter with Christ. Not just as a once in a lifetime event though, but continually throughout your life. For some here today are watching online, You've never got to know who Jesus really is. You've never really experienced the love of God being poured in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You've never really felt what it's like for the Holy Spirit to convict you that what you have thought about life is wrong. Now, John has been promoting our course that we're running Alpha. Well, it's a first taste of come and see. And if you're in a situation where you're not sure, then I would encourage you, come and see. Go to Alpha starting on the 31st of January. Come and see. Or maybe you're sitting here today or watching online and you've already had experiences and encounters with Jesus. You need to experience him, not, not just once. Last time you experienced a deep sense of joy in the Lord, despite even some of the difficult circumstances of life. When was the last time you used gifts of the Spirit? 
Lord speaking to you personally. Come and see. Come and experience Jesus for yourself. As the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. When did you last taste and see? When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Jesus didn't seem to mind Nathanael's attitude, and the same is true of you and me. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. I rather suspect that as Jesus said that, he had a bit of a twinkle in his eye. Imagine this meeting. Imagine that you met a gentleman called Sir James Dyson. Who's heard of Dyson? Oh, Dyson makes vacuum cleaners for those who's never heard of them. He's the inventor of a particular kind of vacuum cleaner. and does also. We've recently had some new uh, hand dryers in the toilets. Have you noticed that after 25 years? But, um, we've had some new head, uh, hand dryers. And the first thing I did when I looked, I thought, I wonder if they're Dyson. Not that it matters, but there you go. Anyway, imagine meeting Sir James Dyson. Now, Sir James Dyson is OM, Order of Merit, RDI, Royal Designer for Industry, FRS, Fellow of the Royal Society, FRENG, Fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, FCSD, Fellow of the Charter Society of Designers, and so on. Imagine meeting him and saying to him, did you know that there's a vacuum cleaner? that has a ball like on a wheelbarrow and you can turn it in any direction. And him replying, yeah, I saw it in Curry's last week. Now Jesus Christ is MG, mighty God. A-O-B-E, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. C-E-E, creator of the ends of the earth. E-F, everlasting father. S-R-K-E, supreme ruler of the kings of the earth. You know. Hallelujah, yeah, amen. <laughs> you know, he could have easily turned around to Nathaniel and said to him, I designed you. I made every particle of your body. I was the one who knitted you together in your mother's womb. I'm the one who gave you the ability to think and speak and laugh and cry and to distinguish between good and evil. I'm the one who made you to have a relationship with me. But he doesn't. He says, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Come and see. Discover for yourself the wonder and splendor of who Jesus is. He's the son of man. And when he gives that reply to, to Nathaniel, he's the son of man. What a wonderful title that Jesus has. And Jesus refers to himself as the son of man more than any other title. The son of man. In other words, he's the servant of mankind. He is made like us. He's the son of man who comes in all humility. And here he is with Nathaniel. He could have said all sorts of things, but he doesn't. I saw you under the fig tree. Revealing something of his divine nature. Come and see. And that invitation is to you and me, regardless of whether you've been a Christian for 50 years like me, or you're just seeking. Come and see. The thing is this, we need a bigger picture. I need a bigger, need a picture. bigger picture. You need, you a, need bigger a bigger picture of who Jesus is. Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. He has a sort of bit of a light bulb moment, but I don't think he gets it all 
I think that's clear from the Gospels that the disciples don't get it all. They're slightly confused at times. They're not sure what's going on. Peter says to Jesus, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But he has a light bulb moment. He sees something of the truth of who Jesus is. But there's a bigger picture to see. To have a bigger picture of who he is. He wants you personally to have a bigger picture of who Jesus is. Not just ticking Not just the boxes, ticking of, the truth. boxes of truth. Now that can be helpful. But encounters with Jesus, that can be life transforming. Is that what you want? You don't sound very enthusiastic about it. Is that what you want? It's what I want. I want to have life-changing encounters with Jesus Christ because He's alive and He's not dead and He reigns forever and ever. And He's for you. He's with you. He wants to encounter you. And Jesus has already revealed something of His supernatural insight to Nathaniel when He says, I saw you under the fig tree, but there's more to come. He goes further than that. Verse 51, He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He gives Nathaniel a bigger picture of who he is. He opens the door of Revelation. He pulls back the curtain of the Old Testament and boom! It's a massive boom! He takes Nathaniel and us into a different realm. You shall see heaven open. Jesus is going to open heaven to us. When Stephen, the first Christian martyr, is about to be stoned to death, he sees that very thing. I see heaven open, he says, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Boom! Boom! The Son of Man, Jesus, is going to open the door of heaven. Now, I know it's not a theological word, boom. But when I was preparing this, it was the only word I could think of. Boom! It's the revelation, it's the bigger picture that Jesus begins to unfold to Nathaniel, which is uh, beyond understanding. And then Jesus gives this image of the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Well, it's clearly a reference to Jacob's ladder that we can read about in Genesis 28, where Jacob has a dream of a ladder that reaches from heaven to earth with angels going up and down and the Lord standing at the top of the ladder. Well, what does that mean? Why this clear reference to Jacob's dream? Well, I think the Lord is saying this. I'm the fulfillment of that dream. I'm the fulfillment of that promise of blessing that I gave over 2,000 years ago to the patriarch Abraham, and then his son Isaac, and then Jacob. I'm the promise-keeping God of your forefathers, a promise that their descendant will come and bring blessing to the world. I am the fulfillment of that promise. What does Jesus mean when he talks about angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man? Well, it means this, that through Christ, heaven's resources are available. It means that Jesus is the means by which the reality of heaven is brought down to earth. Now, I know it's in part, but nevertheless, it's happening. It's about God's rule and reign coming into people's lives on earth. The coming of the kingdom of God into the darkness and ignorance of this world. And it's going to happen through Jesus. And Nathaniel doesn't yet know how it's going to happen. He's going to need a much bigger picture of Jesus. 
we know how it's going to happen. In order to open the door of heaven to us, the Son of Man is going to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Boom, boom, boom. It's a bigger picture. And Jesus gives Nathanael a bigger picture of who he is. How big is your picture? Is there room for your encounter with Jesus to be bigger? I went to an art exhibition in London a few years ago, and the exhibition was called A Bigger Picture. Here are some of the paintings I saw. Picture one. You know, this, I had to pay to get to see this. I did. It was at the Royal Academy of Arts in London. Well, you love it, don't you? You can see why I paid all that money. Oh, man, come on. Look at the color, the pattern. I mean, it's sublime, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a work of art. Now, in case you're a bit dubious, picture two. Yeah, that's, there you go. Picture two. I mean, again, the way that the artist has positioned those horizontal, vertical lines and, and that band of color in the background and that blob on the left. Well, yeah, it's really good. I, you know, I did pay, I did go and see this. And I did go and it was worth it. It really was. I need to explain for the next picture, please. Yeah. That, that helps you, doesn't it? Helps you to understand why I went to this exhibition. But the fourth one, you'll definitely get it, I think. <laughs> Again, it's, it's just beautiful, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is a work of art. You have to admit. I think what, no, I, I'm, I'm teasing you a bit because you need to see the bigger picture, don't you? You need to see the bigger picture. Can I have the next one, please? That's the bigger picture. That's the bigger picture. What the artist did was he painted small canvases. He did 15 canvases, and then he put them together to make the bigger picture, and it becomes clearer all the more. A bigger picture. We need to have a bigger, thank you, Carlos. We need to have a bigger picture of Jesus. We need to have more encounters with him. Amen? How do you encounter Jesus in that case? Well, these are a few things that I personally find helpful. It's not an exhaustive list. You've probably got a list a lot bigger than mine, but here's mine to start with. The first thing I find is really helpful, these are not necessarily, no, is through his word, the Bible. You know, reading the Bible, you know, so, you know, I appreciate it's difficult. I've been reading it for about 50 years, and I appreciate there are difficulties. I appreciate that there are things, some things which are more interesting than others. I get all that. But nevertheless, reading the Bible, I think, to get a bigger picture of Jesus, to get more encounters with him is essential. Here's one thing that keeps coming back to me from the Bible, describing Jesus. He's the creator of the ends of the earth who does not faint or grow weary. Do you faint sometimes or grow weary? You know, when it's dark in the morning, as we've been having dark mornings, and it's frosty outside, and you've got to defrost the car, and the alarm goes off, and you open the curtains, and it's dark and gloomy and overcast. You know, Maybe you don't do that. Maybe you think, woohoo! <laughs> but Jesus never faints or grows weary. Through his word, we learn about him. Is that possible to come up? If not, it doesn't matter. Okay, the second thing is worship. I mean, these are obvious things, really. Drawing near to Jesus in worship. 
And we've got, John said, an encounter evening coming up on the 24th of January. A great occasion to draw near in worship and experience something more of the presence of God and a bigger picture of who Jesus is. Another thing that I find helpful is prayer. Again, these are obvious things. Praying on your own or praying with others. I find personally that praying with others is even more helpful than praying on my own. I do both, but I find other people inspire me when they're praying as well and spur me on. So that's a way in which we can encounter Jesus. Another way that I find helpful is through nature. Through nature, I like going out for walks from time to time. I went out for a walk yesterday, a prayer walk, and as I was walking, I noticed the first of the year that I saw snowdrops, and they were in full bloom. And I thought, I know the winter's not over. However, it's going to be over, and this is a sign, a first sign that winter's going to be over. Now, you may love winter, but I'm looking forward to spring, having said that. And also, I read in the papers this week, well, on the internet, this young lady, I think she was young, I don't know. Anyway, she's a student at a university in Lancaster, and she discovered uh, a, a, a ring of galaxies. <laughs> Not just a ring of stars, but a ring of galaxies. And this ring, apparently, the diameter is 1.3 billion light years. And she's discovered this and apparently it undermines astronomers thinking about the nature of the cosmos. I love that. I thought, we think we know it all, don't we, at times, as human beings. How little do we know? And you think as well that in the, that, those galaxies, 1.3 billion light years apart, there's a ring of galaxies. You know, every star in a galaxy, how many, I don't know. Jesus names them. He names each one. Oh, what a bigger picture that is. So through nature, I find, here's another way. I call it out of the blue. Out of the blue. What do I mean by that, out of the blue? It mean, I mean this, that I can be just have an ordinary week. Nothing fantastic has happened. I've not had a great prayer life. My Bible reading has been average, to say the least. Uh, my attendance at church, mm, yeah, well, I've been, but yeah. And, but nevertheless... Out of the blue, Jesus comes to me. Out of the blue, the Holy Spirit comes upon me. Out of the blue, the Holy Spirit reveals something of who Jesus is again. Something of the truth of who I am in him, who he is. Out of the blue, it happens. You know, the reason that happens is this. It's not all about you and me. It's not all about what we have to do. Yes, there are things that we can do that are helpful. But it's also about the fact that Jesus takes the initiative. Do you know, even this morning, Jesus is taking the initiative with you. Why? Because he loves you. He wants to encounter you. He wants you to encounter him. He wants you to have a bigger picture of who he is. Why? Because he loves you. Because he is for you. Because he has promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. The devil lies and says, you are not good enough. But Jesus says, I came and I shed my precious blood because I love you. And so out of the blue, Jesus comes, and I find this is common in my experience. When I'm Mr. Average, which is frequently, he comes by his spirit. And I feel an uplift in my heart and soul and mind, and it changes my whole thinking. 
out of the blue. How else can we encounter Jesus? Here's another way. Through the lights on the runway. Yeah, what do I mean by that? Through the lights on the runway. It's a theological expression. Have you never read that in the latest dictionary of theology? Anyway, lights on the runway. Richard Lodge, a few years ago, shared this prophetic word with me. Lights on the runway. And it's one of those words that you know, really sticks with you and it sticks with me. You know, lights on the runway guide the airplane into land, don't they? And lights on the runway, he was saying to me, signify the blessing of the Lord. Look out for those lights because they're going to take you home. And we know where home's going to be eventually. So the lights on the runway, the blessings of the Lord, now they can just be small things, ordinary things, things easily missed. For example, yesterday, Joy, my wife and I were out doing a bit of shopping. And as is my habit, I tend to wander off. She tends to do the shopping and I go and wander off. And I was looking for something in particular. I was looking for some rye bread. Now, the reason I was looking for some rye bread is that I'm of Germanic heritage. My mother was German and I grew up eating rye bread. And so I like rye bread. And so I was in the shop and I thought, I'll look for some rye bread. And lo and behold, I found some. And it was a very good price too. And uh, so I bought a couple of packets to keep. I thought, oh, well, well, I can. That's a, it's a small thing, isn't it? But it's a light on the runway. Another occasion was I am not very good at buying and selling stuff. If I buy something like a laptop, it'll take me about two years to decide what I'm going to buy. I just, you know, I have to have all the information uh, counsel from people, search the internet, look on which, and all that kind of stuff. And even then, it takes me ages and ages. And, uh, and selling is even worse. I wanted to sell a car. And, uh, you know, I was, ex- was going to take a low price. I thought, let's just get rid of the car. And my son, Steve, said to me, um, I'll sell it for you, Dad. I said, okay, thank you. That's great. And he did for four times the amount that I would have accepted. Hallelujah. It's a light on the runway. It's just one of those blessings that Jesus gives you. So can I encourage you in your encounter with Jesus, look for the lights on the runway. So how big is your picture of Jesus? Come and see. If you've never met him, I would just encourage you, come and see. It's what the disciple Philip said to Nathan. Come and see. And Jesus said, didn't he? Come and you will see. You need to experience it for yourself. You shall see greater things. That's to all of us. You shall see greater things. And so what I'd like to do now, I would like to pray as the band come up. I'd like to pray for you uh, if you want to see a bigger picture. Have they gone out for coffee? No, there they are. (laughs) They, They do, you know. They don't often stay for the second sermon. They've, you know, they've heard enough. So they slope down the road and get themselves a coffee. And then come back just in time, (laughs) hopefully, looking very spiritual, but I know the reality. (laughs) So what I want to do, no, guys, thank you. Only teasing. And uh, so we all need a bigger picture of Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's just a given, I think. So if you want to be prayed for, I'm going to pray and I'm going to hope that the Lord may speak to us as well. Because in the first meeting, I felt the Lord speak prophetically. So if you would like, it's no compulsion. You don't have to. Just stand and I'm going to pray.